in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Well, before we get into today's show, we had a quick announcement that we were uh, remiss for not having revealed on today's show, actually, yeah. which is next Monday, August 3rd. We have a brand new show coming out called The Golden Ticket, baby. That's right. It's an awesome show. The patrons are, uh, you know, I've come out in mass to be a part of this thing, and they are competing, all competing to get a shot to be a guest on the top 10 show. They're competing against each other, and this is going on for a long time. This is replaced. Mm-hmm. In our relist, we've got Brian Ward who did the uh, logo for us. Jake Yacovetta did the la- did the overlays, and who did the song for us? We got a great new song oh, for this thing, man. Andy Merriweather did the song, and uh, it is a fantastic show. It's a lot of fun, and it's coming out to you guys every Monday, starting August third. Uh, so look mm-hmm. for it next week, August third, and that is it for us. Enjoy today's show. All right, enjoy it. Talk to you later. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Topic Thunder. Here on the Top 10 Show, I am John Roca. Uh, I'm Matt Nost, and we're here to do another Topic Thunder for you. Uh, you guys know the drill. Our patrons get to send in uh, questions, whatever they want us to talk about, yep. and we talk about it. That's all. That is the basis of the show. It is more content for you, and it's something we enjoy because the, que- uh, the questions get sent in, more often than not, are pretty fucking excellent. Uh, yes, do you are. start or do I start? I think one? you start today. I think you start today. Okay. This comes from Nicholas Baldwin says, Hey guys, thanks for sharing more content during these times. So glad to finally be at a place financially to be able to support your work more. My question is, what is your favorite podcast or show you've been a guest non-recurring on? Hmm. Given that y'all, especially Roka, have expressed frustration with newer creators asking to be on your shows before putting in the time, I was curious to see if you feel the same way about going to be a guest on other shows. Uh, Thank you. If you take my question, keep doing what y'all are doing. I appreciate it. Nicholas Brown. Or Baldwin, rather. <laughs> this is a great first one to start off with. Uh, Matt, do you have an answer for this one? Oh, no, you asked, so I guess I should answer. Um, favorite podcast or show I've been a guest non-recurring on? I guess SCN Live doesn't count necessarily because that's a daily show. Um, I guess um, I really enjoyed my time on Ken Knapsack when I did the Knapsack Files. I had a really good time with Ken. He asked a lot of interesting questions. So I guess that would be the one. I mean, I enjoyed Nerd and Suits with Ben, and I enjoyed um, doing Blockbuster Mentality. Those mm-hmm. guys, we've got to break down there. will be blood. That was a lot of fun. They asked a lot of great questions. Um, but I think being a guest on Knapsack Files was a lot of fun because Ken got, like, really deep into it, uh, and we we uh, dove deep into my journey uh, uh, to getting to where I'm at right now. Um, I mean, Harloff and I did that one-on-one, but that's, again, that's, I don't really count that necessarily as part of the Collider thing. So this was more of a separate um, outside of Collider thing with the Knapsack file. So I would absolutely mm-hmm. say that was my favorite one. Um, oh, dude, we're going to show it. I was curious. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. well, if you're curious to see if you feel the same way about going. No, I'm, 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 when I'm asked to be on a show, I'm, if I can make it work and it makes sense for me to do it, I'll do it. But uh, what I was talking about is people thinking they should be on my show 
when they haven't put in any time, barely have any followers or anything like that. You haven't built an established, you haven't established a legacy or a voice or a, a footprint in this industry. So why should I give you a platform mm-hmm. to talk about your stuff? Because I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know if you're going to say some some racist stuff or some misogynistic stuff or some stuff that's not right or some stuff I don't agree with. I don't want that on my channel. Um, but I never ask to be on people's show. I mean, like maybe once or twice I've asked to be on people's shows, uh, but I rarely do it because it's just not in my nature to do that. And maybe I should shake the tree a bit more, but it's just not in my nature to be like, you bet you got to put me on the show. You got to put me on the show. I mean, I'll joke around and be like, Hey, I'd love to come on your show. That's different than that, man. You need to put me on your show, which I seem to get a lot from people who, um, you know, want to come on my shows and spout their opinions on things, which is not a bad thing to want to do that. It's just like, you know, uh, you got to earn the shot to be there. Um, sure. <laughs> Matt? Uh, a favorite. No, I don't. I don't have a favorite podcast that I've been on. Oh, really? Uh, I, couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you what I said on any of them because I don't go back and listen. So I don't know. It's like, oh, oh okay. which one did I have the most? I can tell you like a, for me personally, like, oh, I had a lot of fun doing this one just personally. But I don't know what mm-hmm. we talked about to be, per- you know, to be honest. Oh, that's fair. Um. And the the bugging, that's how Christian put it to me, came up to me, and he was like, dude, how come you haven't demanded to be on SEN yet? And I was like, <laughs> is that how it works? Just people come up to you and bark at you that they they demand to be on your show? And he's like, well, they I mean, do. you know, a lot of people. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, man. If you want somebody on, you ask them. So, that, yeah, right? That's the way I look at it. Yeah. I don't – if somebody asks me and I can make it work, I'll gladly do it. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like I'm not going to come – I'm not going to come, you know, barking down, you know, banging on your door in essence yeah. just to get a shot on this. I, my, my, it reminds me of, so when that came up in the conversation, it was specifically like somebody just out of the blue emailed me and I, I know you've gotten it. Yeah. Just, hey, uh, you know, you should have me as a guest. Yeah. Literally, I've never spoken to you in my life. I don't know who you are. It's not even a, you'd be a terrible guest. <laughs> I just, you haven't introduced yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me that. of. When I got yeah, I know the first time I uh, read one. You should of those, put me on your basketball team. I can I do really uh, well playing at my local gym. I, you should put me on yeah. the NBA. Yeah, way way back when when I was you know just a new comic, I was a door guy at the store. I was answering phones, and it was a Saturday night sold out show. And this guy called up and I was like, "Yeah, how do I get one of those Saturday spots?" I'm like, well. <laughs> You have to go through open mic process and then you go up and then the owner passes you and then you can start getting work and you, you move your way up. Nah, I'm too good for that. How do I get one of those Saturday clocks? <laughs> you do open mic and then you get good at that. And then the owner, if they like you, they'll pass you. And uh, no, nah, you don't understand. Just like, all right, dude, well, I got to go. This is a sold out show. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> No, I feel like I'm not getting through to you what I need. Oh, no, no, you're getting through. It's just not, you're an idiot. Yeah. No, I think, you know, and this is, look, this is not to bash people that want to do that or say they want to do that. I totally get it. Of course, your desire. And also, Matt, I think because we host our show and then the shows I do and the shows, uh, you know, I would imagine the shows you do out, like we make it very interactive and we feel like we're just hanging out with them, having a beer. And Mm -hmm. so people start to feel familiar and start to think, oh, yeah. I could be on their show. I should be on their show, but it's not, it's not like we're coming up with this on the fly. Like we're, we're good at what we do because we've been doing it for a long time. And so having people do part of making you feel comfortable as the fan who's watching or listening uh, is one of the skills that, that is part of why we do what we do. And it's also why you guys listen to us and watch us is mm-hmm. because it makes it feel like we're just hanging out, you know, with you as we're talking about these things. 
But sometimes people think, yeah, you should put me on your show. Why? Because I, in my mind, in my world, in my universe, I think I'm great at this. And it's like, great, but have you put in the work? Have you put in the time? Have you put in the effort? Have you taken the hits and the bumps and the bruises and the trial and error? You just want to be handed shit? No, son. That ain't how it works in the real world. You got to work for things. Mm, yeah, I mean, on some level, it's the well, Hollywood I, way. That's fair. I hope that at least that's the way I look at it. I, of I, course. I, I like to Altruistically. Earn, yeah, yeah, yeah. A but, meritocracy. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't really exist as much as I mean, on some level. Yes. Right. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people get stuff because they know this person and this person right. and this person and this person. They just know everybody and just right. like, ah, let's have them join in, even though. I'm not entirely sure what that individual adds to the overall, you know, complexity or fast, you know, right, right. what they, you know, bring to the table. But yeah, yeah. Like, anyway. like, like knowing Christian got me through the door, but everything I've done from that point forward, once he got me through the door or welcomed me through the door, because he reached out to me to start this whole process. I didn't reach out to him. He reached mm-hmm. out to me. And so. But since I walked through the door, the reason I've kept such a strong relationship with Christian and been getting opportunities is because I work hard to do the things that I do, to create the things that I do. And sometimes against his advice, against his thoughts, you know, I do it because I like to do a lot of shows. It's kind of just I enjoy doing it and I get and I can get better at it quicker by doing more. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I I look at it. But I didn't go like, you need to give me this. You need to give me that. You need to put me on this. It was uh, more a matter of like, I had to earn my spot and then he would ask me to be on things, you know? So anyway, um, but anyway, thank you, Nicholas Baldwin for your question. It's a very good question. All right, go ahead and give us the next one. Yeah. Dominic Reeves. Ooh, this is a long one. Sit back and relax. Ladies and gentlemen it says, hi, Matt and John. First time chiming in with a question, though. I've been listening to the main show for a few years now. Keep up the stellar work. Thank you, Dominic. Can you name a film that might not necessarily make your list for the best of all time, but was a memorable cinematic experience for you for example in an actual cinema theater as opposed to a home viewing for me it was rocky four. Oh, the first matinee performance on a saturday in my hometown cinema was packed out with 500 plus people of a similar age to me i was eight at the time though my cousins who accompanied me were in their mid to late teens uh being pre-internet the death of apollo spoiler alert on 35 year film shocked and caused outrage the audience demanded revenge in mass and served cold. Luckily, Balboa was on hand to declare that not only was he going to kick Drago's steroid-enhanced ass in his own backyard, but to pour even more salt in his wounds, he was going to do it on Christmas Day. Collective minds were blown. Christmas Day, son, shit just got real. Needless to say, everyone chanted Rocky to victory and was always good with the world. You couldn't hear the end of the movie over the collective euphoria. A quick honorable mention would also go to seeing Ghostbusters with my dad, who is no longer with us. Sorry, Dominic. Mm -hmm. Laughing practically alone and like a drain to the line. It's true. This guy has no dick. Look forward to hearing your choices here. So hoping we can have similar experiences again soon. Take care. Dom, he's uh, emailing us from uh, England. It says Barra in Furnace is how you say that city he is from. So, um, Matt, uh, a film that might not make your list of best of all time was a memorable cinematic experience. Uh, the first one that came to mind was uh, The Last Starfighter. Oh, interesting choice. All uh, right. I loved it as a kid. I so much so that I ended up buying like the well, – I didn't buy My parents got me the companion book, like a little mm. – you know, something made for – eight to 10 year olds. Right. 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 Like big pictures and all that stuff. And then like descriptions of what this is and like, here's this firing system and it does this. And it's just got like a schematic of the, the ship. And then it's got right. backstories on characters and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I absolutely like walked out of that utterly mesmerized. Now looking back on it, it's got 
some moments that I think are a lot of fun, but it's a, you know, it's not a good movie. Right. Right. No, it doesn't hold up. You're right. No. If you watch it now, it does not hold up at all. Yeah. But walking out of the theater, I still remember the euphoria of, of, wow, that was the coolest. And he did this 360 degree spin move and was just firing everywhere and hitting it like a video game. And it just, it, I mean, it was r- insanely cool to me. So that jumped out. Yeah. What about you? It's tough to say. I mean, I think Rocky four is a great choice. Um, I mean, I hate to default to this because I've said it already, but I was trying to think of something new. But like Top Gun will never make my list of the best, you know, best of all time movies. But God damn it, if that film didn't like absolutely burrow itself inside me the first time I watched it. And I was just walking out of the theater just crazed at how good that film was. Crazed about it. And um, still now, you know, mm-hmm. I've said this before on other podcasts or maybe on our, our other shows. I have how I have owned every version of Top Gun that there's ever been, you know. Re- most recently, the Blu-ray, then the 3D version, the 4K version, all of it. I have a digital copy on every computer I've ever had. I've always transferred over the Top Gun film just in case because it's a great way to just spend time. Uh, and you know, hour and forty-five minutes, two hours is gone on a plane ride uh, because I'm watching the movie. You know, so it's just something about the film that just always speaks to me and brings me back to a time when I was 16 and I was or maybe I was younger than that. But like feeling like, you know, like I understood what this transition time in my life was like from being a young adult into being like a teenager with like, oh, wow, I want to be cool. Wow. I'd like to get girls. Wow. I'd like to do this. Like it was right at that time when I was crossing over into that thing of like, oh, this is a this is a new feeling, this desire to want to be uh wanted by someone but also to want someone so it was like that film just kind of hit it i was like that's cool this film is cool Mm -hmm. so um it's always been one i run back to whenever it's on just flipping the channels and and whatever and and enjoying the hell out of that movie so yeah i mean that's and maybe people would argue with me and say well no it could be in the best of all time i don't think it is it's i mean you know it's a good film it depends on what list you're making yeah a fair point Fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tom Cruise, yes, more than likely it's going to make it for every person. Right. At least but, guy. But, but Rocky Four, I think, is on the level of Top Gun. You know, both had their own person. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't say quality wise, one is better than the other. But it I would say you. if you did top 10 boxing movies, the, uh-huh. more, the vast majority are going to put the first Rocky and Rocky Four is just like, I'm sorry, I already have one Rocky on that. Yeah, list. probably. Yeah. It just depends on the list. Favorite sports movie in a sequel? Yeah, that's going to be maybe my number one. Maybe. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Well, I mean, what else is there? It's not up against a bunch of Mighty Ducks shit, Air Buds. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the competition is kind of weak. Bad News Bears, go to training, go yeah, to Japan. Breaking, or breaking. Or breaking training. Right, right, right. If that was yeah. the second one, I think. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, you're but, right. I think Breaking Training was the second one, and then Go to Japan is the third one. Okay. Um, is that, what, yeah. that was the name of it? Go to Japan? Wasn't it Go to Japan? <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, let me see, man. Let me see. Cause you're right. I mean, I, I don't remember myself. I know something like it's something. Yes. Go to Japan, son. I was right. Wow. What a terrible title. Yeah. Tony Curtis, uh, in 1978. So, wow. They did these things like one run. 76 is bad news. Bears. 77 is breaking training. 78 is go to Japan. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I think there was a TV series. Yeah, there was a TV series. Yeah, right around that time, was there not? As well, yeah, yeah. Corey yeah, Feldman was in that TV series. How funny. Wow. Um, What about Star, like Star Trek 4? Star Trek 4, not really going to be one of the greatest films you're ever going to see, but 
a lot of people love that movie and get really moved by that movie um, because of the whale stuff. It's very funny them going back in time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's in the discussion of my favorite. Right. But I'm not as, you know, huge a Star Trek aficionado as you and others. So, you know. Fair. Right. Um, all right. All right. You want to move on? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to another one. Thank you, Dominic. Uh, this one is from Chris Lemke. Oh. Uh, what's up, guys? Time stamping this one because it's July 3rd and Hamilton just dropped on Disney+. Plus. With the way the Oscars have changed their acceptance process for process for this year's uh to allow just streaming do you believe that it can or should be nominated win the best picture oscar uh it was a stage show but filmed specifically and performed slightly different uh to play for the cameras curious to hear your thoughts and what you thought of the filmed version overall thanks from a, an obsessive hamilton fanboy chris lemke mm. uh i don't personally think it should be nominated okay it's not the same thing and we all know it. You know, they took a proven product and filmed it, whereas movies are everything is up in the air. And you don't know if you're going to be able to pull this together. And right. with the, the script work with the director and the actors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and so on down, down the line. I, I think that's what separates the two. Yeah. Uh, just like if they did it now for the first time on film and shot it on locations and all that. Sure. Because then you're like, can we capture the magic of that stage production? And then it's a discussion right. to me, whereas this is not. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. 100%. I, I think it's it's not a film. Yeah. It's a film stage adaptation. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The only thing that was changed, as uh, Chris points out, is that the actors would occasionally look at the camera, but there was an audience. You heard the audience the whole time, so you never felt like this was a movie. You constantly felt this was a, st- a filmed stage adaptation. I yeah. think if they hadn't had the audience piped in, if they'd used real locations, if they had, you know, like you said, choreographed everything around actual sets or actual uh, locations, then that's something different. Filming something that's already on stage, using the stage as, uh, you know, the props. And this is not the same as like some um, some more learned film people might push back uh, with. Um, oh, what's the name of those two films where he's uh, the director sets them on a stage? Um, Bryce Dallas Howard was in the second one. Is that and, Lars Van Trier? Yeah, Lars Van Trier, right. Nicole Kidman was in the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's different because that's still filmed, uh, right? And it is on a sound yeah. stage, and they've, you know, kind of put tape on the ground to indicate rooms, but that's an experimental film, but mm-hmm. it is not shot like a play. It's shot like a film. This is a play that they're shooting with actors occasionally turning to the camera or what have you. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think it should be nominated for best picture or best film, but the, the, I, I don't know if the songs can be nominated. Can they? Cause it's, it's usually best original song. If, if these are songs from 2016, yeah. it's kind of hard to have them be nominated unless they made one specifically for this filmed production. That being said, I would say that I initially did not think it was that big of a deal when I saw it the first time I have subsequently seen it two more times um, while I'm working on stuff or, or working on notes or writing or whatever. Uh, and uh, I have fallen in love with that show. It's actually a goddamn good show. And so mm-hmm. I enjoy the lyrics and the songs. I've kind of listened to the music over and over again to kind of get the lyrics in the historical places. So overall, I'd say I, I like the, the musical now. What about you? It's, uh, it's good. I've only seen it the once. Mm. Um, but it was really good. I do want to see it. Uh, live if and when you know that's a possibility yeah. right uh was i mean 
where I think we were going to get tickets in London to go oh, see it there. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that was all for naught. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But anyway, what are you going to do? Yeah. Global pandemic. Um, kind yeah. of, you know, a little kink in that plan. But, yeah, uh, yeah I just, I, you know, don't think it should be nominated. It's a great movie. If it fits into another category, sure. Right. Right, right, right. But best picture, best actor, best no, um, it's not the same thing. It's tough to, for it to be nominated because, and this is not like a film that was shot in 2015 and then finally came out. This is a show that's been around, so mm. you can't even give it best costume design, best set yeah. design, best anything, because it was all constructed in 2016 already and shown for everybody to see. Yeah. So to try to make it an, anything original about it, Maybe best adapted screenplay, maybe because there are, but I think the I, whole thing is saying so. I, I don't think know. maybe uh, cinematography, sure, something like that, where or where it was very specific to yes, this, you know, right, or if right. there was any kind of different direction because there was cameras there, maybe I, I don't know, in the technicals, yeah, figure out where the, did you can award those because it is really good. I mean, they managed to to capture a lot of the magic yeah. in that yeah. on camera, it, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't think it should be nominated. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, uh your well, turn. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, Sean Labua. So, Oh, and it says topic thunder NBA question. All right, Matt. Hey man, John, thanks for discussing my last topic. Thunder question about actors like you guys. I'm a huge fan of movies in the NBA. So this time I've got an NBA question for you. How would you guys rank from worst to best the five teams that Kobe's Lakers beat in the finals? As a reminder, the teams were the 2000 Pacers, the 2001 76ers, the 2002 Nets, the 2009 Magic, the 2010 Celtics. Thanks for the entertainment during the pandemic. I hope that at some point in 2021, you guys are able to come out to Houston for a live show. Sean Labua. Yeah, we'd like to come out to a live show. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let me. I'm going to use my notes on this one. This is, this is not as easy as people might think. Um, well, I would say from toughest down would for me would be Celtics in 2010, Pacers read. 2000, read. Nets 22, 76ers 2001, Magic 2009. Now I know they swept the Nets. That's the only one they swept. Right. But that that team was on the rise. You had Jason Kidd. Yeah. And you got Richard Jefferson. Uh, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Um, you know, they were on the, Vince Carter didn't come until a couple of years later. Right. Unfortunately, that would propel them even higher. But the problem for me with the Sixers and the Magic is the Sixers, it's Allen Iverson and then a collection of You're right. Nobodies. And yep. it's I apologize to Aaron McKee and Eric Snow <laughs> and Arung Raja Bell. Isn't and, Brian Shaw on that team? I don't remember if Brian Shaw's on that team. No, nah, he was on the Lakers at that point, I believe. Was he? Okay. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I mean, they're all fine players, but you have this super-duper star in Iverson, and I, then he dragged them. Like, the Lakers were undefeated, and they I, took the first game from them, and that's where the step over of Ty Lue comes in. That's why I yep. place it above the Magic, because the Magic suffers from roughly the same thing. It's Dwight Howard, and then... Jameer Nelson, who was hurt that season and came back for the finals. And Rashard Lewis, when he got that stupid contract. And like young Marcin Gortat. And I think Ray Alston was the backup for Jameer. 
Yeah. And the discussion yeah. at the time was we should be playing Rafer, even though Jameer's been out for like three to four months. Hmm. Uh, and it was an early, yeah. like Michael Pietras, who never did anything really yeah. after this run. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is Dwight Howard dragging him in there mm-hmm. for one. J.J. Redick. Yeah. It was like Shaq taking the magic for one, and they get swept out by the, the Rockets. Yeah, at least he had Penny. Yes, very true. But I, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. I guess you're right there. But I mean, they were young, and they got, they got crushed enough. by the Rockets. They had Nick Anderson. They had uh, uh, Dennis Scott. They had they had players. They, had they players. just didn't have the experience to hang yeah. with the Rockets, right? Had he hung there for another couple of years, they would have won a championship for sure. Hands down. Absolutely. Um, I mean, he went and got his three, so you can't argue that. But yeah. still, yeah, he could have stayed. And then after that, uh, what? Pacers above in the, the two spot and then the Celtics 2010. Because they, yeah. Celtics had kicked their ass a couple of years before. Yeah. And it was the tail end of the prime of all their stars. Oh, yeah. There's no uh, way. It, there's no way. Uh, if Perkins doesn't go down with the leg injury, there's no way they win that game seven. The Lakers do. No way. The Celtics knew. And look at Kobe's numbers in that fourth quarter. They are not good. Our test saved their asses. Even with Kendrick being out, they still almost lost the game. The Celtics were up in that fourth quarter. And with, with Sheedy doing double duty, it still wasn't enough. But, I mean, if Kendrick plays, even if Kendrick gives you 12 minutes, it would have been enough to put them over the hump to we'll beat never those know. Lakers. Yeah. That's but why come, I think you're right. Celtics definitely the top. Pacers definitely number two. That, that was a good team, that Pacers team. When when the Celtics beat the Lakers in 2008, I want to say, yeah, uh, they kicked their ass in the final game. I think it was game six. Yeah. And they whooped the sh- – it was demoralizing. I've yes, never, it was. Kobe didn't give up per se, but it wasn't full co- – he knew – that he was dead in the water yep. like it, and you can see it in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just, so to come back two years later and take that, that one was their toughest. And the Pacers yeah. was like, it was, you know, Reggie and Mark Jackson and Rick Smith. And uh, I think it was only one of the Davis brothers. I want to say, was it Dale Davis? Was it was Dale? I think it was Dale. Yeah. Um, And Travis best. Right. And Austin Crozier. Was Mark Jackson over with them at that yeah, time? Yeah, Mark Jackson yeah. was still the point guard. Yeah. But they, I mean, they had gone through their battles with Jordan in the East and they finally made it. They just, they didn't have yeah. a true chance. Like, they got two games. You're not going to beat Shaq and Kobe in the finals, man. They just, it's not possible. It was young until Shaq and the, Kobe, though. Until the Pistons did it, it wasn't really possible. But yeah, but that, yeah. It was, you're right. It was young Shaq and Kobe, but it was young Shaq and Kobe under Phil Jackson's mentorship and that's yeah. the difference there and no matter what the Pacers were going to throw at them I think the Pacers played them damn well it just it wasn't enough you know and so it just wasn't enough yeah well, ultimately Rick Smith with his bad feet at that point I think he had right. you know, fractured his foot or something yeah. and it's just a recurring when you're a big man especially in that you know anything before the past like five to eight years yeah because the surgery and medical technology has just gotten so much better by, you know, quantum mm-hmm. leaps. The, the Sixers are interesting, though, man. You look at this team, like you just said, uh, Raja Bell and all that. But, like, Tony Kukoc was on this team. Um, Dikembe Mutombo was on this team. Mm-hmm. Theo Ratliff. You mentioned Eric Snow. Aaron McKee, Aaron. as you said. Vernon Maxwell was on this team. So, yeah. George Lynch. So, there were players. They were just on the tail end of yeah. their – uh, skills like co coach, the 90 Bulls was done by this or around this time. So, 
Like, what 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 did you have left of Tony? You could certainly shoot, but Dikembe yeah. wasn't, you know, like a, a huge as huge as he was with the Nuggets was, or whatever. Yeah, he was still good. Yes, and like Vernon Maxwell was on the the very tail of his. He really career. was. He yeah. didn't get much run, if I remember correctly. Right. Like, I mean, the primary scorers were AI, Aaron McKee, and Eric Snow. Right. Right. Those right. were their three go-to playmakers. Obviously, AI is the apex predator. Right. And then McKembe cleaned up around the rim. They feed him in the post, you know, every once and again. But yeah. just, we need you to play interior defense. That's why you're on this team. We'll handle the scoring. Right. I mean, uh, this, think about it. Iverson was only in his fourth season when he took him to the finals. Pretty incredible. And they, and they looked utterly unbeatable that year, just stomping through the East, undefeated. Yeah. And then the Sixers take game one, and everybody's like, hold up. Now, <laughs> I did not change my opinion. No, I still thought the Lakers were going to win, but I, yeah. all suddenly, because the Sixers were the number one team in the East, and yeah. Iverson is the MVP of the league. Right. Uh, and, 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 and they're riding uh, a wave of that seven-game series against the Raptors with Vince Carter. So they have this confidence that they've outlasted this juggernaut in the Raptors to get themselves to this finals. But, but yeah, I mean, like after that first game, I remember thinking to myself, that's the best they're going to play in the finals. And they did the first game and they snuck out a victory and they earned it, but there's no way they can play that level for four victories uh, to take the rest of the games from the Lakers, like three out of six from the Lakers. There's no way that's going to happen. There's no way they needed more outside shooting, which we know now, you know? Yeah. So I like Dwight when they made that run where the Lakers beat them, it's an early precursor to the small ball era that came. Right. Just four shooters around Dwight, um, which yeah. is why if like Shaq played today, that's what you would do with Shaq. Oh, yeah. Four shooters. You sit down low and we will feed you the ball because you're utterly unstoppable. Like you're the right. anomaly in the system. Um, It's tough to look. But I mean, but it's not like you could look at the I mean, you can look at the Lakers here, right? You're not. These are not world beaters. Uh, Kobe and Shaq, certainly. But you've got Derek Fisher, Greg Foster's on this team, Rick Rick Fox. Like this, it's Rick kind Fox, of mind blowing. Rick Fox was exactly what they needed. It's kind of like a Shane Battier at Miami. He does the shit that you need him to do. That's, <laughs> That's why true. him and Robert Ori, Robert Ori, like I shoot when I'm open. And right. That's it. The ball's got to bounce around to me. I don't play make. I don't do anything else. Everybody knew their role really well. I forget but, Ho Grant was on this team. I forgot Ho Grant yeah. was on this team. Wow. Yeah, Teron Lou, Mark Batson's not scaring anybody. Medvedenko's no. not scaring anybody. Oh, Isaiah Ryder was on this team. That's right. Wow. Well, <laughs> Eddie Jones was gone by now. Yeah, yeah. Mark uh, Batson's in this thing. Ron Harper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Devin George is a rook that year as well. Oh, no, he's a, he's a second year. Sorry, second year player. Wow, wow. So, I mean, it's not like these are world beaters, but there was enough on the team to get them what they needed to do to facilitate Kobe and well, Shaq taking over games yeah you have Shaq like a couple of years into his prime which is ideal yeah and then Kobe rising to be elite yeah Kobe and, had come in the same year as as uh, Iverson so did Derek Fisher all those guys were in their fourth season yeah and Kobe could have gone the route of Iverson and had his own Philly type team where he would have been the sole star and after Very four years point. with the amount of volume shooting he was doing yeah because volume shooting is what helped Iverson. His efficiency numbers and whatnot might hurt him today, but right. back then it was like, dude, this this tiny little dude is juking everybody and then running into the lane into whatever trees are in there and bouncing off of them and shooting it. I mean, yeah. it was 
thoroughly impressive to watch. Right. Uh, I don't, yeah, I agree with you, man. Yeah. thousand percent. If he had a three point shot, he would be almost, I mean, he'd be Kyrie, Kyrie without the flat earth belief. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Anyway, all right. We should probably kill it. We're over the 30-minute mark. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, uh, thank you all. Uh, so, well, who's that question from? Uh, Sean Labua. Thank you, Sean. Um, uh, thank you all for sending in your questions here on Topic Thunder. We always love answering them. And once again, we got into a, I think, 10, 12-minute discussion on the NBA. Those are always ones that get us going uh, here on the on Topic Thunder and for the top 10. So thank you all for being patrons as well. Uh, if you are watching this and uh, you want to be a patron who sends in questions you can go to www.patreon.com slash the top 10 the number 10 there see all the tiers uh, and see the tier you can uh, send questions to and we'll answer them here on the topic thunder and you guys have done a great job you've been sending in more and more so keep sending them in it's nice to open the email and see a stack of them rather than four or five that we're trying to make do for a show so keep sending in all your topics all your questions we will be answering them uh, as we go along and do these every week um, yeah. And, uh, our thanks to everybody that supports us over there. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Yeah, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram and Matt, let's tell, don't forget the new show is coming. The new show it's is coming. coming. The golden ticket. If you are a uh, new subscriber to the top 10, or if you're a, you know, an old subscriber to the top 10, uh, the golden ticket is there for a lot. Our patrons are going to be competing in a jeopardy style tournament. And whoever wins this thing gets to be a guest on the top 10 show. Yes. Uh, and do they get to pick the topic as well? Uh, we hadn't discussed it, but I had okay. that thought too, just like yeah. might as well sweeten the pot a little bit, but you know, this is the, the admissions are cut off. Yes, that was right. as of July first, but right. that is coming out. We um, are taping shortly, and we've you know we've done a dry run, and we've we've got a jingle for the front, and some great graphics, and uh, yeah, we're both looking forward to it, and we Absolutely. hope you guys enjoy it as much as we have uh, you know putting it all together. That's right. Just look for this logo right here. This right logo right here is the golden ticket. That's what you're looking for. And uh, when you see that, watch it and watch your fellow patrons take each other on in a Jeopardy style term. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, like we said, the address there. So for the next time we do it, you can be in the mix as well. So come be a patron as soon as you can. All right. Thanks to everybody uh, for listening or watching this show. We'll talk to you next time on Topic Thunder.